Right, welcome back to Cast Me to Hell uh, with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And with this week, our special guest, we've got Simon from So I Married a Horror Fan podcast. Our first ever guest. Our first ever guest or crossover (laughs) (laughs) for a podcast. Um, So Simon's got a pretty awesome, we were just talking about his uh, recent Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell us. What's your what's your take on your podcast, Simon? <laughs> this is an immense amount of pressure being. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah we yeah, really are. Yeah, we're, we're coming in um, hard on you. <laughs> so the basic premise of our podcast is it's me and my wife Lee. Uh, she is not a horror fan in the slightest, um, but I've basically tried to strong armor her into watching horror movies. <laughs> so it's kind of like we put a horror movie in front of her and then see how she reacts. And that's kind of the general basis of, uh, of our podcast. So, yeah, yeah. Has, it, there, has there been any that she's absolutely hated so far? Um, yeah, there've been a couple, man. Um, I'm trying to think of, cause there was one recently last night in Soho. She absolutely hated. She okay. gutted that movie when we saw it. Um, Halloween H2O, the original Halloween, um, uh, scream. She wasn't a huge fan of the original, um, and then there's been a few others. We watched, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Have you ever seen the movie Stage Fright with Meatloaf in it? No, no. I've heard of it. It's like a two. Oh, yeah. She went a bit hard on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Could understand. It's, it's a yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I, I listened to your uh, Scream 5 episode. I do remember she sounded quite hateful of, I think, Sydney Prescott. I think she was very oh, yeah. anti Sydney yeah. Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all got that in common a little bit. Like yeah. we've all kind of strong-armed our partners. We haven't. It's a great idea for a podcast. Yeah. We haven't. Uh, I don't think mine could. Mine said she watched, listened to our podcast a couple of times, and then she's like, "I got bored." I was like, "Cheers." <laughs> um, but um, yeah, she absolutely. And I think this is what happens in relationship. You're just like, "Yeah, come on, come on, share what we love," kind of thing. Yeah. But um, she's definitely only. There's only certain ones I've shown her there at times. Like she's watched a lot of horror films now, but there's only certain ones. There are some I just know. Like she has watch texas chainsaw massacre because i just know she's just not gonna like it i just know it's not gonna be <laughs> oh, hers at all i, I made out watch it last week um yeah because it, it's just such a it's such a classic film and, and i i in general i do kind of have a soft spot for the franchise um so i made anna watch it and there were moments where she jumped and she found it like extremely intense uh particularly you know franklin's death she said, oh, yeah, he's got to survive. And then a minute later, his sword down. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that whole chasing, you know, she was kind of on the edge of her seat. And I asked her after, so what did you think? You know, did you enjoy it? She said, no, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but I'm glad I watched it. So, you know, I think she she liked Scream, I think. She hated Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, she thought okay. it was awful, which is strange. But... Yeah, Charlotte quite liked Nightmare on Elm Street. She... Yeah. Yeah, she liked Nightmare on Elm Street. Scream, I think, is just... I find Scream is just like, if you have someone who doesn't know horror and doesn't really like horror, I feel Scream is like a perfect entryway because it's kind of that perfect balance between... Well, because it's Kevin Williams, it's per- perfect balance between like a Dawson's Creek teen drama with a little bit of a Agatha Christie whodunit <laughs> kind of thrown in there in a way. Yeah. With some extra blood and gore. But like, it's a perfect like... You've never seen a horror kind of... Go for Scream, it'll yeah. work. <laughs> you won't get the references, but you'll enjoy the ride kind of thing. Yeah. And I think I this... Think there are a glut of those movies from that time period you could apply to that situation. Like, I know what you did last summer, Urban Legend, yeah. Valentine, as we were talking about earlier. You could literally put that in front of any horror novice and they'll just get what they need from it, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're not they're not overly violent either, are they? They're no. not like the, the the peak of like violence and gores. It, like if they hate kind of certain things, then you're not going to sit them in front of Saw and go, "Yeah, you're going <laughs> to yeah. love this." Yeah, because yeah, you kind of have to like the gore. <laughs> You're going to have yeah. to like that part of it to be into it. Otherwise, because yeah. you're not really watching Saw for the story, are you? Really? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this act, this kind of brings us to this crossover episode. Um, I keep thinking of Mr. Peanut Butter and saying, what is this, a crossover episode? Um, but I remember you put out the, um, the new, when I think they dropped the first trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the one we're talking today, the new one. Um, you put up that you wanted to talk about it on a podcast but lee didn't because she hates the franchise yeah. or whatever so we reached out to you like yeah let's have you on um so what's what's uh what's your relationship with texas chainsaw yeah. massacre because i feel like i remember hearing so it, that you're not a <laughs> fan of certain parts of it <laughs> um i have a really up and down relationship so like everybody i think it's one of those the original is one of those holy grail movies you watch when you first get into horror you're like I'm a young kid. This movie can't be as scary as everyone says it is. And I think I've always been a bit of a gore hound. So I kind of watched it and was like, this is really boring. And then just never bothered to rewatch it. Um, the remake is my favourite remake of all time. I think the remake is amazing. Um, and I like all of the modern ones. So I've seen everything from the remake onwards and the original, but I've not seen three, two, three or next generation. Okay. Um, and I think they wildly it's one of those weird things and I, like to me the original texas chainsaw massacre feels like a found footage movie it feels like something you shouldn't be watching because yeah, it was billed as like um this really happened blah 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 they make it look like it's a real murder scene and all that sort of stuff so for it to then spawn this really weird glossy high production value like horror franchise and create a horror icon is one of the weirdest things I think has ever, ever happened. But yeah, some of them I really like, like I like the remake and the, the first prequel, the one that's the prequel to the remake. Yeah, the beginning. And I actually don't mind 3D. I think the 3D one's decent. Like it's got some, it's got some <laughs> fun stuff in it. Yeah, I, I like that one. Before, like in a fun fair, like what do you, like what, what do you want? <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I've got a soft spot for that film. I watched it in the cinema and I thought like, what did I just watch? And then as I kind of watched it again, it clicked and I was like, well, actually they're trying to make Leatherface more of like a sympathetic character and, almost like an anti-hero and it's weird because 3d is almost like two-thirds slasher film did you actually watch it in you know mind i watched uh, it in mind-blowing mind 3d <laughs> in eye-popping 3d oh, eye-popping 3d um i was about to say mind popping i, mind like, popping. I guess it thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's like then the final third is like this weird revenge film so i kind of yeah i've got a soft spot for it um I know, I know. I just don't really remember it. I, I've watched it like one night on Horror Channel and it was kind of just like on it. I don't really remember. I, I remember Alex, Alexander Diodario because yeah. he's memorable. She but um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't really remember what happened in the film apart from that she was in some way related to... <laughs> That's it. She's related to them. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, I remember that part. I don't actually remember a lot of it, to be honest. I remember but... the remake clearly because the remake was like... That was probably more so like the original, yes, I watched, but the remake I used to watch loads when I was younger. I loved the remake so much. It was awesome. It I, was so yeah. brutal. It was probably at that point like the most gory and graphic kind of 
horror film I'd seen. I always remember when he's going, getting dragged down the staircase and his nails breaking against the wall. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's, but it's grimy and dirty, like, like the original. The thing I love about the original is that it's like grimy and dirty and it kind of makes you feel ill and it kind of makes you feel horrible. And I feel like the remake does that as, as well, but takes it to another level with the gore and the yeah. grime and the uh, just... It literally makes you just feel sick. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think the, the franchise in general, the continuity is all over the place and the tone's all over the place. But saying that, the only I haven't seen that I haven't seen Next Generation, but the only film I don't like is the third one because for me, the third one just seems it's just extremely boring. And for me, that's like the worst thing a film can be is boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it has no, you know, no fresh ground to tread or anything like that. Whereas at least with the second one, it kind of does a little bit, you know, it's a completely fresh story and the other ones are kind of their own stuff. But the third one is just, you know, it's just so boring. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. Seen, I don't think I've seen the third one. I, I, I've. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, I saw the second one only recently, and I thought that was weird as hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I literally don't. Yeah. So I, I can't remember the third. I can't remember if I have seen the third one. I've seen the Next Generation because that's weird. That's different kind of weird. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and Renee Zellweger. There's a mechanical metal leg, like a yeah. futuristic. I don't know what the fuck was going nice. on. Weirdly, I've seen that one. I think I've seen that one more times than several of the other sequels. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> don't know why. I don't know why. It's like it used to be on TV and I just used to watch it. But you could probably say that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the only slasher franchise, maybe you could say this, that has two Oscar winners in it, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I didn't think about them as Oscar winners in that film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, it's interesting, before, uh, I think you were talking about, like, uh, con- con- continu- uh, continuity. continuity. My mind's going black there. Um, and um, I think we were talking earlier about Texas Chainsaw and how I feel like every other sequel that it's had since it was originally made it's as if they've been struggling to work out what concept is it that we could do for a follow-up to this film. Like, apart from the remake, which obviously kind of followed the same, all the other ones, it's like they're struggling to be like, what do we do if it's not just that guy that's hiding in the basement and coming out and kind of capturing the kids? Like, what do they kind of do with this franchise? Yeah, And it's why with this new one that we kind of struggled with how is it really going to, because they were selling it, obviously, like, although they haven't completely declared that the sequels don't count, they have mm-hmm. kind of said this is a direct follow-up to the original. And it's kind of, we were kind of debating like how before we watched that, how do you like do a continuation of that original film when there's so like many like yeah. open ends to it that you're like kind of meant to just be left open? So we didn't really know what this was gonna be as a no. film. I think I think that was the problem though. When it was made in 1974, I don't think they ever envisioned it being a franchise. And you no. can kind of how that the way that they they shot it to look like the found footage it's the same problem that the Blair Witch Project ran into because they sold the first Blair Witch Project as found footage when they made the sequels to that they were like well we'll try and do a movie in a movie kind of situation with the second one and then with the third one they went back to basics I think it's the same with Texas Chainsaw because you know Leatherface and obviously the family members are still alive at the end of the first movie Um, and there's obviously that there is interesting ground for them to cover but for some reason they seem intent on just remaking the original and just 
making it weirder like every time it should it should not be a hard nut to crack really it should be essentially it should be the same as friday the 13th it's a man in the woods or in the outback somewhere people stumble onto his land and and they get murdered like it's it's not rocket science but <laughs> for some reason they keep over egging the pudding and i don't understand <laughs> well that's it i kind we were having this conversation as we were we were uh, going to pick up some Chinese. <laughs> That's what we had whilst watching the film. Um, and I was kind of saying that how how many times can you can you do that? Because obviously, yeah, you could have the same thing of you know it's this family's house and they stumble in, and we they had that with Friday the Thirteenth, but each one got more and more ridiculous, and it wasn't a bad thing. But you know. They had they had the final chapter, and then they had an imposter. Then he was dead, and then he was, um, you know, <laughs> then he fought basically Carrie. Then he went to Manhattan. <laughs> then he was a spirit jumping, you know, yeah. body jumping demon. Then he went to space, <laughs> and it's kind of that thing of they have the basic premise, but they have to keep one up in themselves because how many times can you do the same story without people being like, yeah. But okay. with with Friday with uh, sorry with Texas Chainsaw, as you mentioned, like as it's like a holy grail film, they've always tried to kind of somehow like they've tried to add some kind of each one, like some of them, even when they've been really like teen slasher more than anything, they still try to add some kind of little political commentary or so, yeah. or give it an angle because it's like they're not content with letting it not be like every director who who's had a stab has been like no we can we can try to recreate what the original had instead of just being like let's just make a fun slasher which some of them have been but they have always tried to like oh let's give this a political commentary or social commentary to give it a little bit more of an edge then people think this is still like higher than say a friday the 13th film when they 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 knew what they were and they just leaned right into it let's just get fucking crazy with this i feel like Maybe this these films could have d- done with a bit more of that. Just fucking go for it. Just lean into it and just go crazy. Yeah. This new one kind of does a little bit. I think <laughs> in some scenes it does just go. Yeah. You know, let's just let's just do the chainsaw because actually in a lot of the sequels, weirdly, uh, they don't actually include the original. He doesn't actually use the chainsaw that much. In this one, there's a fair amount of uh, chainsaw death. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I was thinking, and that's kind of the one thing that I did kind of. Um, appreciate about the film to be honest is because when we saw that it was good it was what 83 minutes or something like that runtime and it was you know it was kind of it was a it was a quick thing i was kind of like okay how are they going to do this is it are we just jumping straight into it you know like how are we going to start this film and it basically it did it started off with this strange kind of recap where the you know where Lila, you know, was in the um, oh, in the in store. The, store, the, 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 the document they've turned it into a documentary. Yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, kind of that the original was a document, the kind of documentary style. Yeah, like you mentioned, Simon, and now they're kind of showing it like a like a modern day true crime documentary kind of style. Yeah, with uh, John Larroquette, who did the original scroll yeah. kind of title in the original back to do that little bit of a voice. That was quite cool. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting ad because when they said that he was coming back, I did wonder are they going to do another kind of scroll title? And I was just like, can you really do that again? Would that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the weirdest crime in the annals of American history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's like how I don't know. I just kind of I wasn't I wasn't sure going into it, and for me, like 
the there were a lot of the deaths were cool i felt in the film um i mean just to pick some highlights there was the first death that we got um you know with the guy getting his hand broken and stabbed with it that was awesome um and a lot of a lot of the gore in this film didn't pull away which you know i kind of really appreciated um like the, the guy getting his his knee broken and that kind of stuff it was really kind of it looked really good but it's it kind of felt as if it the the surrounding story of it was really messy and just very weird you know yeah, yeah. I think um, we'll, we'll come to that definitely okay, in a second. Yeah. We'll jump to that in a sec. Yeah. Kind of jumped ahead of it. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what I'm like. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, we were going to put this as a spoiler-free episode, but now we're definitely, it's definitely just, we're just into it, I think. <laughs> no, no, this is not spoiler-free. Two deaths. I feel like you gave away a fair amount of a death scene there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't say who died. No, that's true. You that's didn't. True. You gave away a part. I will say that death that you mentioned, though, that first death, that's the <laughs> first time, I think, in any horror movie I've ever seen someone attacked with their own bones. Yeah. Like, I might yeah. be wrong, but that, when I saw it happen, because I've, I've, I've been working from home today, so I've seen the movie twice. No. I watched it foolishly first thing this morning, and then I watched it just before we recorded to catch any other bits. And, yeah, every time I see it, when, when it, like, this won't make sense to anyone on audio, but when it goes like that and then he just grabs the bit and sticks oh. it in the guides, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. like, that is something else. Yeah, it, it was, was it was an awesome death. Yeah. <laughs> like if they're not gonna give us anything else in these movies, just give us some creative deaths, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was yeah. well in from that point. I, I think that's what that's what these kind of these ones kind of live up to because I said to you before that I feel like there's there's two ways to look at this film, kind of thing. There's one way where you could just go in and just enjoy it as a gory slasher film. Like, that's basically what we need. To, you don't need to have much more than that. As long as they've got creative kills, then it works perfectly as a gory slasher film. However, I think this film is also being judged on the other side because the directors come out and said that this is a direct continuation and, you know, that he feels like they've lived up to the spirit of the original because the original so loved in a different way than I think than any of the rest of the franchise that I think a lot of people looking at this film will look at it and go, well, this isn't anything like the original or the style of the original. No. He's not really, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say that necessarily the Leatherface character necessarily even moves exactly the same way as I, I don't know he just doesn't see for someone who's better be a lot older yeah. he seems i feel like the original was more stumbling and more like struggling to get around than this guy is to be honest. this guy jumps out of a freaking pool of water like he's freaking jason Voorhees yeah. coming out of a lake you know what i mean he's like in there like there <laughs> was one scene in particular where i could see gunner hansen in the performance yeah. And you guys will probably know the exact scene I'm talking about. The very last scene of the film. Yes. Yeah. When he's doing the whole the, the, yeah. the thing that he's iconic for. That was the only moment in my head where I was like, this is the same leather thing, face. There was one other bit where he was he's chasing somebody with a chainsaw. And I thought it, I thought there because he kind of has that he kind of had a little hobbling limp, and I thought, yeah, you know, the mannerisms are there. Yeah. But I think for the most part, this feels to me more of 
as in in, ter- in terms of the the gore level and kind of almost stylistically it feels a bit more like it's a carry on from the remake as opposed to the original you know yeah because the original wasn't gory. I, I feel like if you said that this was a sequel to the remake then i'd be like yeah yeah, yeah. this completely feels more like the remake the style the look of it I feel, as we've already said, I feel like the original is such a hard one to ever try and make a proper sequel to because not even Toe Cooper made a proper sequel to it. He made no. a crazy off the walls, weird second film because the original is so hard to do it. The original, like, how do you recreate it when it's meant to be like a found footage documentary? Yes, there's lots of horror films that have tried to redo it. And like you mentioned, Simon with Blair Witch and other ones have tried it as well, but it just doesn't really work. It just doesn't make sense because documentaries are normally a one-off event they're a one-off part in history and the way that even the opening scroll in the original kind of tells you what it should be it, it just doesn't work as that continuation so you're right I feel like if you love the remake and you love say the beginning or 3D or things like that then this works perfectly in that continuity but I don't think this film works in the original's no. continuity except for <laughs> one character they try to force into it <laughs> well, I, yeah I mean that so it, it's very, you know, I guess it That's, goes back to the screen thing of making requels. You know? Yeah. Um, and this is strange because 3D is very much a requel. It's a direct, yeah. you know, it's a, which is strange. It's a direct sequel They'd already to tried the original. To do it, yeah. They'd already tried to do it. And, you know, and that was obviously before we had, I think that might have been before we had Scream 4. Um, and potentially it might have been before we had um, Simon's just exited the meeting for some reason um, <laughs> we will hopefully get him back with us um so yeah just keep yeah going. um so it's kind of like they tried to do this requel before um and just in, in general it kind of seems as if the you know the the whole film itself um is i've completely lost the point trying to just ramble while just ramble on, yeah. Simon's going about. So, <laughs> okay, good. Right. Bye. No, I'm so sorry. I'm using my other half <laughs> laptop and it's got it to power down halfway Oh, down. no. It's all right. No, that's fine, man. I just, uh, I paused and start, I continued it. There'll be a bit of a weird little, so yeah. anyone listening, that was a, that was a drop-off point where we just kind of lost Simon for a second. Rob tried to keep rambling on while we were like, maybe he'll come back in a second, maybe it'll work. But we decided, no, it's not working. <laughs> because I, because when I was trying to figure out, oh, just like what's going on, I said, do we, yeah, can I, I have help? no clue what you were talking about. I, I wasn't listening anymore. I was just like, focusing that, on working it out. Well, it, well, Eunice took me briefly. Yeah, <laughs> Eunice. Survivors of Storm Eunice. Yeah, on a day like this, that was the first that's part in our head of this horrible storm that's going of the UK yeah. right now um, we literally just thought uh, it's either so it's got just internet dropped or has he just lost <laughs> his, his power's gone, gone and <laughs> his house is blown away that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah although I did remember what I said so I was saying we were mentioning about a certain character who who comes back um, and how it felt a bit shoehorned and didn't really kind of make sense I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because I feel like I don't it's think all it, over the trailers I don't it? think it's a spoiler <laughs> my, my argument with this movie being billed as a legacy requel is how much of a legacy sequel can it be when both the original actors playing the main characters have died yeah, yeah. I, I had this exact same pro- I kept thinking to myself and when I'm, I'm watching her in the film but I also have a problem with this in terms of uh, the way it, she is in the original as well 
because she's the original doesn't exactly build character in the film. You don't really get to know the characters at all. This no. isn't this isn't a Laurie Strode or Sydney Prescott situation. We didn't get to know her over several sequels. No, she's. I mean, she's the thing. The, the thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, is it's very prototype slasher. You know yeah. that other films build on. So whilst we have, I'm, I'm going to say it because I don't think it is a spoiler. Um, Sally whilst we have Sally Hardesty in the original, we don't find out a whole lot about her. And then, like you said, it's it's not as if Laurie Strode, for instance, is a great example because they, you know, Halloween H2O kicked probably, you know, kickstarted the whole requels. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, and we had Laurie Strode in four of the Halloween films, you yeah. know, at least in her, in her form in the, and then obviously in and then the, at the same time, remakes, it's also yeah, just, too. it's also just Jamie Lee Curtis. So it doesn't like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Like uh, she could have not been in any of the other sequels, but because she's a well-known actress as well, I think oh, it yeah, still would have, that also helps because you could have told me that this was the original actress or it wasn't. I would don't I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have noticed if this was the original Sally Hardesty or not. I don't yeah. I wouldn't know the actress well enough. She hasn't got quite enough credit. She didn't have very many credits when I looked her up uh, like kind of no, thing, uh, throughout know, her years. Some more stuff in so I don't think you know this isn't like Neve Campbell or Jamie Lee Curtis no. who you recognize in a film. They were both in significant, several significant films. It like it, yeah. have been and are continue to working to this day. But with with the two characters as well, as I said, we we got to know those other franchise characters over a whole range of films. So when they returned for their newest requels, which is still a weird phrase in my head. It is. Um, when they returned for that, since Scream 5, that's, that term is just gone. Like, it's good. Like, I didn't hear it at all, and now it's just away. But um, but it makes perfect sense in a way. Yeah, it does. You know, it does. That's the annoying thing. It's like, like it's, you're right. You're right. It makes sense. <laughs> It makes sense. I know some people who absolutely hate it. That yeah. <laughs> but I had heard it before Scream 5, but now it's like cemented that that is what you say. Yeah. But anyway, the, the point I was making was that um, when they returned for Halloween 2018 and when she came back for, for Scream 5, it, it, it felt like characters that were returning, especially Scream 5 returning to Wood, may, returning to Woodsboro as in return to the original, closer to the original story anyway. Yeah it felt like a, a full circle kind of moment. Whereas this isn't that because we don't know anything about Sally Hardesty. No. And we know nothing about a character. We don't know the actress. It just seems. And I feel like the film kind of treats it a little bit like that, because if they treated, if they treated Laurie Strode or Sidney Prescott, the way that the character gets treated in this film, then uh, there would be uproar. Yeah, they would. It's kind <laughs> of like, I mean, yeah. You, the build kind of in in press release stuff and i didn't watch any of the trailers but in in promotional stills the the role of sally hardesty is billed as being a lot bigger as well you know it, she is kind of billed as being a, a central character and it seems as if it's got to be a lot more about her kind of confronting her demons and doing that kind of stuff whereas it, it is because they were trying to do that yeah. this film was purely created on the basis of how successful Halloween 2018 was. 
this is 100% a prototype of that. <laughs> I don't know what you think, Simon. <laughs> I think, in all honesty, like I, I, I'm on two scores of thought with this because I rewatched the original Texas Chainsaw uh, about a week ago, and her performance is central to that original film. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what you guys said, though. It's not like they revisited the character over any of these sequels or anything like that. And the problem I have with this one is, okay, so this new movie is on Netflix. Um, Anybody with a Netflix subscription can watch it. So even if you're not familiar with the franchise, you can watch it inside of a bubble. The problem I have is when you introduce a legacy character like this, and then she's in, I think, three scenes in this movie. Yeah. If you'd maybe introduced her earlier in the film and kind of given her given the film an extra 20 minutes just so we can kind of see what she's doing in her day-to-day life, kind of build that trauma into the character and give her more of a developed arc. So even if you are new to the franchise and this is the first Texas Chainsaw movie you've seen, you have some kind of context for how emotionally broken or vulnerable or angry, whatever it is that she's feeling. So when she faces off with Leatherface at the end, it gives you that kind of like, I get it. I understand why there's so much rage and anger. But as it is, it's like, oh, she's here one minute. She answers the phone. She's on her way. And then that's it. And it's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's so <laughs> underdeveloped. And for a movie that's like you hit the nail on the head. Could you imagine? It's kind of like what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Like you're going to be back and then we're going to bump you off and that's going to be it. But I could not imagine them pulling this shit on Jamie Lee Curtis now or Nev Campbell. They wouldn't no. even pull this shit on Jessica Biel if they <laughs> made a recall to the remake. Yeah, they, probably, yeah, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they definitely wouldn't. Um, I feel like because we've, we've battered out like Netflix and the whole the idea of legacy and how the fact that like it's kind of Halloween 2018's kind of inspired this. So I kind of thought I just I kind of got a little a little short summary of basically what the back history of this film okay. was. It's not a very long history because it's quite a simple one. It's not like a in-depth one. But uh, originally, before this film came out, uh, Lionsgate, who owned it before, they'd yeah. planned for this to be like they'd planned this big five-film kind of arc, which was based off of Leatherface, the the one that came on. And I haven't seen I haven't seen Leatherface, but I've heard very bad things. I haven't heard anyone who really liked it. Or always like that. EastEnders, I think. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember the thing about that kid from EastEnders because there was this big rumor go around because when he left EastEnders, I remember his Sam something is his name, and when he left EastEnders, it was the same time they were casting Spider Man, and um, there was this huge rumor going around that he was the one cast as Spider Man because his agent had sent out a tweet saying he's been cast in a really big film, so everyone started going, "Has this yeah. unknown, like fairly unknown British actor got Spider Man?" Things like that. And then there was this big uproar, and then you noticed how quickly it disappeared the second they said, oh, he's been cast as Leatherface in Leatherface. <laughs> and, then, and then nobody cared anymore. It was like, oh, okay, we don't, we don't give two shit. I was trying to think which EastEnders characters would be good Spider-Man villains. So I had Ian Beale as Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Is this where your mind went? <laughs> yeah, I was like... Danny Dyer as Norman Osborn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, no, that would be good. Phil Mitchell as Rhino. <laughs> I can totally see that. That is good. <laughs> That'd be cool. His leather jacket's like his hide, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, following that. So they wanted to build, like, a franchise off of that original as if they were going to start building the story of Leatherface from, like, bef- well before and start building him through the years kind of thing and follow him that way. Um, and uh, they took so long to release Le- Leatherface because of production problems that they actually ended up losing the rights to it because they'd gone over the time that they had to release it by, <laughs> which is why that film got didn't even get a proper kind of release. Like, no one even knew. I think it, I think it appeared on Netflix, but it hadn't got a proper... It had like a digital release. It didn't even yeah, get no, a proper was, theoretical yeah. release. No, no theatrical like release. It was, it was um, before the days things went straight to Netflix as well. It just dropped on it. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. It was just, oh, there it is. Um, so it was picked. So when the rights disappeared, it was picked up by Legendary, who, who made this film. And uh, Legendary uh, quickly kind of were like, well, right, we're not going to take the chance that we're going to lose out on anything. We're going to get straight onto this. Uh, they got uh, uh, Freddy Alvarez. Freddy Alvarez. Is it Eddie? <laughs> this is a running theme in our show. We, we don't know never how to know. say people's names. No. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Fede, but I, I think it was Fede because it's uh, it's Federico. It says it's Federico Alvarez, which is a lot easier to say to be honest. Yeah, um, he came up with a story to revitalize the franchise, take it to the roots, inspired by Bloomhouse's Halloween. Um, he had this idea, and Andy and Ryan Tohill were hired as the directors and filmed a week of production before they were fired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, studio bosses at Legendary saw the footage and deemed it unwatchable um, and uh, fired the duo and then David uh, Blue Garcia came on and he had to refilm all of it yeah. because there's certain, uh, there's certain uh, things in America Guild where Producers Guild and Directors Guild where you have to either you either have to give them a credit even if they did like they could have done like two hours of filming and you have to give them a credit as a director if they did that or you have to basically refilm everything you've done. Like yeah. they had to with, uh, I think, Solo, the Star Wars one with Ron Howard, where if he wanted to be sole credit, I think the only reason they got around that was because the director said, fuck off and like, we don't want to be on it anyway. <laughs> so, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a... I have to ask though, how bad do your dailies have to be that your movie for a ninth Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is deemed unwatchable. I know. <laughs> That's what I mean. Well, I think I think because they literally, I think the, the bosses at Legendary literally hoped. Unless, I mean, maybe the directors, they said they wanted to go close to the original. Maybe the direct the original directors really tried to go that kind of really gritty, older look, and they just went and went, what the fuck have you shown me? This doesn't look good. This just looks like an old documentary. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's the point. And there's no blood. Yeah. And then they went, like, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it must have been awful because they obviously looked at it and went, I mean, it, it, it's very been made very clear that like that Halloween film was such a big influence for how they were making this, that the producers must have looked at it and went, this doesn't look like Halloween 2018. This looks like this looks like a different horror yeah. film. <laughs> so they must have went. Leatherface dies tonight. Yeah, Leatherface dies tonight. In more in of that dialogue. Text and accents. Yeah, so um, and then obviously he re- the fo- refilmed the footage and then not much was heard from the film after that outside of Alvarez, and this is when Alvarez started really weirdly kind of positive. He kept spreading positive messages all over Twitter, like, this film's really good. It's really inspired by the originals. Uh, And people were questioning why that was. And then there was a report that came out. It was because the test screenings for this film were awful, like really negative. I heard something about that, but I couldn't find it. So he was trying to get ahead of the storm of like why it was so negative. So obviously 
the original, I'd almost say, probably the original directors might have given them exactly what they wanted. And then they realized with the second, oh, it's, it's just, we've, we haven't got, we haven't got what you wanted originally, or we haven't got the story you yeah. wanted. This is why it's not matching up to your expectations, maybe. I don't know. Um, well, I, I can tell you uh, with certainty that there was a scene cut out of the finished film that was in the test screenings. Um, okay. So there was a scene where when Sally and Leatherface are fighting off, she shoots him and he puts the chainsaw blade up and deflects a bullet off of it. Like he like swipes <laughs> it. Um, and they cut that out of the final movie. I, that, I, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> that yeah, definitely makes so, sense. There was a couple of bits that they cut out due to the test screenings, I think, because they knew that negative yeah. sort of yeah. was coming. That's what I mean. So they definitely weren't, this This definitely wasn't sounding like the love letter to the original that people were expecting it to be. Um, and I mean, I'd, I'd say, I'd certainly say it wasn't, it isn't really like, I wouldn't say it is a love letter to the original. No, I, wouldn't. I don't feel the same love that I felt with say Halloween 2018 or the Hamar, like become a Hamar's nature that was in that and the way it kind of skewed it. I don't know how you feel about Halloween 28. We enjoy it. I don't yeah. know if you like it. I I personally like both the Blumhouse, uh, David Gordon Green Halloween movies. I yeah. think they're both really, really good movies, completely for different reasons. But yeah, I mean, there is something, like we were saying earlier, there's something where you spend enough time with both of the characters, the antagonist and the protagonist. Yeah. Whereas in this, this is such a pro Leatherface movie that, like, it doesn't really matter if you'd brought back Sally Hardesty, you'd brought back. The, the guys from the 2013 one, the 2003 remake, yeah, and all yeah. team up as the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Frank, Franklin rolls it. back in. Yeah, Franklin comes back. Because <laughs> that's it's it. It's like, like a portal scene in Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All, all the continuity them. comes together. Dennis Hopper back from the dead. Yeah, Dennis Hopper back. <laughs> but that's it. Like I think you, you touched on it where it's one of the the problems with the film i think visually a lot of the a lot of the deaths are really cool the bus scene whilst it does have that you know some some cringe dialogue the the actual deaths are really well done you know yeah. when he's just slaughtering his way through them it was awesome um but then it's 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 almost like the characters outside of um you know, of Leatherface, just off really fleshed out. And it's, it's, I, I started to feel messages. like they wanted these characters to be unlikable. Maybe. I literally started to feel like they, uh, they didn't, they wanted them to be, you know, they, they wanted to take all the things like at the moment they kind of hate about like certain people in the world and put them into some of these characters. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Cause you've got like, inf- you know, you've got, you you have a lot you have these commentary on things, but then it doesn't. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, you know, you've got like um, you know you've got stuff on. So yeah, so it it meant you know you kind of get stuff about influencer culture, which yeah, uh, you know influencers are stupidly annoying. Um, and then there was this kind of I don't know how they meant for it to go because we 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 both read the same review. Um, and it mentions about how a certain, you know, a certain character has gone through a school shooting and is a survivor of it and has this kind of phobia of guns and then has to learn to get over the phobia to f- 
face leather face and it's kind of like is the the, the review said is it is this like a pro nra message a gun's good now yeah, like, <laughs> like i didn't really understand why that subplot was in there because they didn't really seem to do a lot with that subplot it was no. like the flashbacks were kind of a little bit like i think they were beating people over the head with it especially there's one scene in particular where she has the flashback, which we'll talk about more when we get to the spoilery bit. Yeah. But yeah, I just it, it was a weird it was a weird choice for them to be like the thing that she's afraid of is a thing that's going to save her life, and it just so happens to be a gun. Yeah. In Texas, where everybody's pro gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just such a weird like like what is what is going on, and it doesn't even like. Again, it's another flip as well, because you expect they do kind of like a switch between the two, like, or what I guess are two final girls, the two yeah. sisters, because you expect that you expect the sis- the main sister to be like the one who has the balls to face Leatherface and all that stuff. But then when they kind of give the other sister this weird subplot, you're just like, OK, have you done it to make a character more interesting or yeah. like to kind of yeah it, i don't it, know what it is as well about siblings in this franchise everyone's got like a sibling who has some kind of like ailment that means yeah. that they're like they're i don't i don't want to sound horrible when i say this but they're almost written as an inconvenience to the main character yeah, yeah. And i don't know why that's like a staple of this franchise <laughs> yeah it is isn't it <laughs> yeah since since franklin and the original it just seems to be yeah whenever they just try it's it's because they're trying to follow that same blueprint aren't they they're trying yeah. to be like it it's like now as if that Franklin character, a version of the Franklin character has to also be as well as we have to use a chainsaw and we have to maybe use a hook. Uh, I don't know if we did. We didn't use one in this one, but uh, no. <laughs> but, but those kind of things. But yeah, there you go. I broke my form already. But still, like the, like a, a characters come to someone that's out in the middle of nowhere so that you know, no one will know what's necessarily happened yeah. or all those kind of little points. I think, I feel like we need to, um, so just go back around to a set to stop. I feel like, one, uh, when I was finishing off my film before, just to say that the whole the reason that they believe that it's on Netflix, by the way, is because they feel that uh, it was those test screenings that made Le- Legendary go. This isn't going to be a Halloween style theoretical success. Really? This we need to just hand this off to someone. We need to sell this off because this isn't going to be the success <laughs> we think it is. <laughs> Which I think, based on the middling reviews that we've seen, is pretty true. But the main reason I'm there is because I think. I think we've got as far as we can go without basically telling people what's happened. We're kind of beating around the spoilers yeah. at this point. So I guess, like, as a non-spoiler, uh, I guess if, like, uh, Simon, what's your kind of non-spoilery reaction to this film? I I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it helps that I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw fan. So I was yeah. just like, show me some cool kills. I'll put it on in the background. I can work to it. And that was kind of it. And I got what I needed from it. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with it overall. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I am quite a big fan of the, fan of the franchise. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I enjoyed it, you know. I, I, I'm going to watch it again this weekend, and I imagine I will watch it because, like you said, there's good kills in there. But for me, the thing that it's missing the most is the, is the lack of the family and... The lack, and I know this is going to sound weird, but the lack of cannibalism <laughs> in this film, you know, every right? yeah, every other film yeah. that you know that, that's driven. And for me, 
it's it's a short runtime, and they have these two subtexts, you know, subplots they're trying to push: the school shooting and Sally Hardesty. Neither of those particularly hit for me, and they spend time with them, but not enough time when they could have maybe spent a bit more time on having surviving family member and some cannibalism, you know, just to fre- just to flesh it out a little. Yeah, bit. you want that cannibalism. I want that cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think I, I kind of agree. Although although I did have fun with it, to me I had fun with it, but I can't say outside of the the you know the mask and the chainsaw and things like that. I can't say if I rewatch this, I couldn't 100% say to you that I feel like this is definitely a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. I feel like there is parts of this. I, I feel like that psychological, grimy, horrible kind of disgusting nature that I really liked about the other films is, is not really here. And I just said, I said a second ago about the lack of the hook and things like that. Yeah. For me, weirdly, the hook was always one of those things that's one of the most impactful parts of it. And like you said, with the cannibalism as well and, and that family aspect, I feel like when you get rid of all of that, this is just another madman who's out for revenge. <laughs> yeah. like this is just, a, this could be any other Michael, Jason, this could be any other one. And I wouldn't necessarily notice apart from a few parts of the story. Yeah. Um, See, that was one of my, before we kind of really get into it, because I know I know we want to talk about it. I think that was one of my main issues with the portrayal of Leatherface in this movie. So Leatherface has always been portrayed as being, I think the, the most frightening thing about him, and I said this when we talked about him on a previous podcast, was to me, it's the fact that he's a mentally challenged child in the body of a giant. Yeah. So he doesn't necessarily yeah. know what he's doing is wrong. He just attacks out of instinct. And I think in this movie, the fact that they kind of, I would, I don't want to say they gave him more intelligence, but the fact that they gave him the foresight to kind of move away, befriend a person, live with her for 50 years, kind of turn his back on the life that he had, the stage of arrested development that he's in in the original movie, I can't imagine that character having that foresight to go and want to live a quiet, normal life because he doesn't know any difference to the life that he has. So for me, that portrayal of him and taking away the family and the cannibalism and trying to kind of make him what I guess they would class as a normal member of society was really the thing that hit home that made me not think that this was a Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah, no, I I definitely I definitely yeah. agree with that. It was it's weirdly that I feel like in a way some of that leather face like there's in, even in the original there's some moments where you kind of see a bit of a weird humanity, but also that he's kind of just a follower as a character. He's not yeah. really his own man, and uh, although they might be trying to in like tell us that yes, he's gone through such a long time that now he's kind of matured. The, the one that's in that original film, if we're saying that this is a con- meant to be a continuation of the original film, the Leatherface in that original film, I'm sorry, but that character's not maturing in this way. No, he's, he's not yet. changed like that over the years at all. He's not becoming what we see to like in this film. Like, no, he, he's very much, he's more There's little aspects of it, aren't yeah. there? In yeah. this film, there are little aspects where they try to show that vulnerability of Leatherface and link back to that to kind of have it, but... I, I, there is just something in the portrayal and the, the, the way that they kind of show him kind of all of these actions that he does himself, even some of the kills he does, it just didn't feel like something that the original Leatherface would have done. If we're yeah. going to go out of our way to say that this is a continuation of the yeah. original. If you said again, if we said remake, then 
maybe <laughs> but not of the continuation of the original right i think spoilers yeah so uh countdown. we'll do the countdown yeah. so uh five, five four, four three two, two one Leatherface face hangs dong yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> we did expect that um that big dong that big dong Nick is also wearing a skin mask. Yeah, it's also. I mean, technically, he's he wears four... other foreskins. <laughs> yeah, he wears other foreskins. You know, Today's his Franklin foreskin. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps it fresh. You know. Um, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. You know, this. There, it's it, it is. I kind of come away from the film with these strange feelings. I mean, the. I think one of one big point of contention for me was Sally Hardesty. You know, I always liked this idea that um, after the first one, I think in the second one it mentions that she, you know, she's institutionalized, and then in another one where it has the opening call, it mentions she dies at an institute. I always really liked that ending for the character, you know, because it, it felt almost real. Somebody who went through that horrific trauma to not become Never so badass to just be absolutely fucked was kind of a really interesting spin on it and she didn't need to be a, a recurring protagonist and now they've got her in this and she's like i said to you like she's got that kind of sarah connor terminator 2 you know muscle and vest look and yeah. it's just it felt so out of place and, and then she's it's almost so underused because we see her you know chopping up a pig and then we see her again. That, yeah, that bit. I don't know why that bit kind of that threw me off as well because I can never imagine why would someone who went through that in the original film now turn to someone who just likes to slaughter open pigs and stuff after what she saw. Yeah. Why yeah. are you suddenly? Why is that so? That why that's a, is that a hobby of yours? That if that to cure your own yeah. meat suddenly like why <laughs> that is the perfect reason to go vegetarian you know <laughs> being surviving the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre um, also I, I I know we we kind of touched upon the remake she's dressed like Erin yeah the she remake. is white tank cowboy hat and the jeans yeah why don't just, just make Aaron? the character her instead like oh, yeah, yeah it, uh, you know it, it whoops, yeah not to hark on with this again but it's bloody she, she's fucking Jamie Lee Curtis in her life. Yeah. She and is. She, she was wearing that same tank top. She's got a shooting yard in her garden. Like you could see little shooting like bits at the back of the. It's, they just are. They've, they've forced another character into a completely different archetype just because they wanted to be this badass woman coming back, which the problem is she's not really badass at all. If anything, she almost could be seen as a villain in this film, not as a, not as a savior. She's. Yeah. yeah. Like well, she does. She has that, and then she has the second scene in the in the weird cornfield or something. It's like sunflowers. That. sunflowers. It's, a, it's a dried sunflowers, which yeah, look she... awesome, by the way. The cinematography is actually very. Yeah, some of the I really like the cinematography. Um, but... Fear no evil. I yeah. Fear no evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she, yeah, it's just like that, you know. And then, I, I well, this is me with my. You know, I like like I I'm a lot into character. So like, although as I said, the original doesn't really have a lot of character. I feel like that makes sense with the style they went for. That yeah. you don't have time to understand people. It's all about the unknown in the original film. Whereas in this one, it always bugs me. Little content, and I'm to, all in my head. I'm just thinking, I don't understand how she actually found that sunflower field. 
No. <laughs> I don't know how she got anywhere, to be honest. That guy, like, contacted her, I assume, the guy that... But, like, a lot of how she got anywhere, I don't really know how Texas she came to a conclusion. Huge, man. Yeah, it's fucking huge, but apparently, like, we're just going to say that this is a tiny area, then, okay, fine. But still, <laughs> just a continuity like, in my head. It's like the Ghostbusters afterlife situation. They phone Ray, yeah. and they're like, so Egon's out in this middle of bumfuck nowhere where you guys have never been. Yeah. yeah. In a field at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just here. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah. And you didn't see us coming. You didn't see us drive up. You <laughs> yeah. didn't see us over here, but we're here. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the main bugbear with telling this story of having a legacy Leatherface is that they could have done exactly the same story without bringing Sally back. Yeah. You just kind of, you just kind of tell it from a different perspective. You just say he came to Harlow one day in 1974. And he acted out, killed a few families. The woman from the orphanage took him in. And now one of the ancestors of the family believes that she destroyed or he destroyed his family's like legacy or something and have them return to be the protagonist. You don't yeah, need yeah. to have Sally Hardesty, especially with what they did to her. I mean, did you guys see her dying so quickly in this? Yeah. I, I literally you said shit when he like put the chains <laughs> over I did not see that coming at all I did I said to you like, I mean I said, I, she's gonna die straight away <laughs> you said she it. was gonna die straight away I mean I guess she did die straight away but it was pretty quick the uh I uh, to be fair I started to get the feeling a little bit because just the way that they were treating her so far in the film it was literally just quiet silent shots of her reacting to things around her like little, like the scene where she looks at the picture in the car and we get that and we hear the voices. And I think I even heard, saw someone in a review say that literally it's like, yeah, but that rings completely hollow. If this was the original actress, then maybe there'd be a little bit of sentimentality to that. But instead, this is a completely different actress looking at a picture of a film she wasn't in. <laughs> yeah. And she's <laughs> reacting to it like she said, it just People like. She's never met. Yeah. And it, it's also, you know, a little bit like, yeah, you're looking at it going, okay, but I don't. I don't fucking know who you are, really. Oh, like, no. Why should I give a Why <laughs> yeah. should I give a shit that you're looking at? You know, you're looking sad in your car for a little bit. Like, the one the one thing I emotions. did was when she found Leatherface and he was just sat in that room, and she was like, "Say my name. You don't remember me, do you?" I kind of liked that, you know, in a in the weirdest way because it was. I, it know, kind of, I found a I found it quite straight. I just it was so sort of weird about it. I guess she wanted some kind of. It's like validation. She, she wanted some kind of yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of got that. Reason. Yeah, and I liked it, but it you know, it, and then literally, yeah, well, yeah. I literally, I think a joke to you at that moment saying, "All she needs to say is, do you remember my brother? That you do you remember my brother in the wheelchair? Ah, oh, I remember you now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was a good cop, you know. Yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> but <laughs> instead, it was instead she was just like, as if you're going to remember like this one person that got." Away. It's like, bitch, I've killed millions. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. And I've already uh, seen somebody meme that scene. Uh, so you've yeah. never seen an Endgame where yeah. Scarlet Witch goes to Thanos. Somebody's put her face on Scarlet Witch and his yeah. face on Thanos. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, and like, that's the perfect. Like, I kind of loved it because it's kind of like she has this life of vengeance. And then it's well, like, I, I oh. could see what they were trying to get at there. They, they, were, they were trying to give this kind of, almost like sadness to her character, the fact that she just really, truly, they're trying to 
really force it into our faces that yes you really can't let go of this at all she can't let go of the past and then that <laughs> story does lead on to leela's story the 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 girl in the shooting yeah um that that's the kind of message she passes on to her after she died like after she comes back when she should have <laughs> well i'll get to that in a second but like she passes that message on that don't let the past kind of haunt you um and again if that was a slowly played out part, or like you said, 20 minutes longer to get to know Sally Hardesty a bit longer, then maybe that would have worked. And if that was a legacy character like Laurie or someone, that might have felt a bit more like a passing over the torch moment. But instead, it it just doesn't... All yeah. it feels like is you're telling a, a girl who's been in the mass shooting to grab a gun and try to kill someone <laughs> she's not going to be able to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I think also as well, it's really hard for... A character like Sally Hardesty to have an emotional scene with a character like Leatherface. I mean, in Halloween, they kind of get away with it because at some points they're brother and sister, other points they're not. But there's always some kind of emotionality to Michael Myers. Like he always, whatever timeline it's in, he seems to recognize her and there seems to be like a light behind his eyes whenever he sees Laurie. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with Leatherface, he's such an emotionless killing machine that. What was she expecting him to say? Oh, yeah, I remember you. I remember you. Like, first off, he doesn't talk. Yeah, and yeah. secondly, as he has no recollection of the hundreds, I imagine, of people that he killed. Because to her, he looks at her the way that people in abattoirs look at cows. Yeah, you are that... just another piece of meat on the chopping block. And yeah. that's it. That's exactly what he is. He's almost as close as you can get to the the butcher, but also if the butcher was the animal himself, basically, because he literally is. Like in in the original, he is... That's actually another thing I was kind of... Like, in the original, he's like a snorting... He sounds like a hog half the time. He literally is like snorting like a pig and making squealing noises. And he's literally making those noises because it's almost as if the character doesn't know whether he's a... He's a, he's a dog that needs to follow his leader or if he's actually his own man kind of thing. That's that like disconnect that you get. And again, we, we could be led to believe that over years of that woman looking after him, that she's rehabilitated him to believing what he is or helping him. But because we, again, we get none of that kind of part. I would have rather seen more of the connection between him and this woman or something this woman did throughout the years instead of, you know, just yeah points. Because we've mentioned like about the time and the lack of it here. I mean, this film literally like, what do we say? Like without credit, it was like an hour and 18 minutes. I think we worked out. It's really not That's a really short film. Cause it was, yeah, I'd love yeah. to know how much they cut out of it, how much longer the original cut was to get yeah. it down to this lean. And even with the, the credits that lead to the post credit scene, I mean, the post credit scene is what, 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. If that, yeah. If that, and then, you know, you have to still sit through five minutes worth of credits, but yeah, like, it's so just, I don't, like, I'm not one of those people that needs a lot of character in my slasher movies. Like, okay, occasionally you're going to need to have, like, a final girl or boy fleshed yeah. out, but everyone else is just kind of, like, meat puppet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could have just, we could have done with a little bit more. Like, as you say, like, the fact at the beginning when the woman has the heart attack and then she goes into the ambulance and he's adamant that he's going with her, why? Why is he going with her? Like, that out yeah. of context, doesn't make any sense because you've never seen anything of them. Even if you do it in a Halloween H2O style and you have a rolling credits of like explaining what he's been up to through newspapers or local woman adopts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just to yeah. kind of fill those gaps in. At least you have something. 
And this yeah. just seems to be a kind of stitched together patchwork. Hey, there's a subplot here, a subplot there. I murder mean, scene. They had the documentary <laughs> at the beginning that literally they could have just said, oh, they could have done like speculation part of it where they believe that this happened and this happened just to yeah. have a little bit more kind of there. And no, we don't, I don't think we like, none of the Texas Chainsaws are actually very long. The original is only about an hour and 27 minutes. 87 minutes, yeah. 87, yeah, hour and 27 minutes long. So it's not that I'm expecting it in that way. It's just, I think, I think it's more the expectation. If you're saying you're making like a legacy kind of film, then we want to know a bit about the characters and what kind yeah. of develop. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then that's why like Scream and Halloween 2018 were both like two hour long films because they had a lot that they needed to tell the audience. Yeah. Otherwise they would have felt extremely like we found nothing out. Even then, like in, in that one, you had like characters who weren't in it that their legacy characters in say Scream, they weren't in it very much, but we got enough of them because we knew them to be like, yeah, that, 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 that'll do kind of thing. But But here, where's that? (laughs) And that's it. It just seemed as if like, I don't know. I mean, the whole motivation for Leatherface's rampage kind of made, for me, thinking of it as kind of going on from the original film it did it seemed as if the two characters are just completely different you know he's he just randomly went to this orphanage which has implied that he was a child because there's pictures of the kids and his face is the background but he looks like a man he looks fully grown i just thought he was a background like but his face is scratched out but i couldn't tell it's meant to be after the original, isn't it? So is that's why they don't talk about cannibalism anymore because he ate the kids. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they said they're all gone and there's no one left in the town. <laughs> but, then, but I get. But then, wouldn't he still have that hunger? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you know, he didn't even try and have a bite. There you go. That's why there's no cannibalism. He filled himself <laughs> he up filled on himself all of the children or little boys, <laughs> on all the children that she brought in, and including her lovely. A lovely racist comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He likes all the meats, but I don't know. It was just like it made no sense. I like. I appreciate the thing I did like is it got straight into it. You know, it did. It it did just open up, and it was kind of like there wasn't a whole stretched out thing. But just the fact that this, you know, he's been living with this old woman who somehow keeps all of this locked in, and then. She dies, yeah, and he's just like, "Oh well, I'm gonna have her face now." It reminded me of that meme, you know, when you see um, Jeremy Clarkson, where he's like, "Oh, oh no." Well, anyway, or something like that. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. You know the one? No, <laughs> <laughs> I probably do, but I'm, I'm, I'm I can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like you know, he's like, "Oh no, this woman's died." Oh, well, I better rip her face off and wear it <laughs> and start killing people. Yeah, I didn't quite get oh, like, the why it specifically was her face that he needed to take off either. I, I feel like know, that's not like established. Like Oedipus thing, wasn't it? It was like a weird, oh, my mother. Well. Yeah. yeah. I feel, there was a bit of a, you know, a bit. I guess there's a bit of a psycho like thing going on there. Later on as well, isn't he? Like yeah. Yeah. Rest or something. Yeah, like, there was a little bit like that's what I was thinking in my head. I was just more like yeah, in the original. I don't feel like that was established. It seemed like he'd pretty much make them out of everyone. <laughs> like yeah. he just he liked a selection of yeah. faces, a selection of clothing. He just likes a bit of everything. He just yeah. likes a, it's like cross dressing to him. But yeah, I guess there's that. He wants to feel close to his 
his mama. His mama. <laughs> yeah. But he, I don't one, have it. one question I did have for you guys, because I, I found it quite distracting at times. What did you think of Leatherface's look in this movie? Because I thought he looked really fucking slimy for most of the movie. Yeah, he yeah. was a sweaty boy, didn't he? They, they yeah, were... he looked really slippery. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess he's wearing a freshly, like, unlike his other ones where they're normally, like, dried out. He's normally, like, it was kind of the idea he'd, like, dry them out and cure them and, you know, like he would, <laughs> like, a pig skin or something. So they were kind of almost, like, snake skin kind of, like, because you can almost see through, like, the lampshade in the original. There's, like, a face lampshade. And yeah. You can, like, see through it. It's that, like, strong but cured kind of thing. But... I feel like that was the difference between that one, whereas this is a this is a freshly cut face on there. So I get that they've explained it, but I kind of had a problem from the second I saw the poster about the look because I just don't think it's as effective. No, it just didn't look. He he just looked a bit odd to me. He just didn't look. I would have preferred he pulled out like this. Like I know I get it, skin and stuff like that, but you know. House of Wax showed us that you can uh, keep things <laughs> protected <laughs> in a certain way. So um, why couldn't he, when he pulled out that uh, chainsaw, why couldn't he have pulled out an original style looking mask? Yeah. yeah. My, yeah. You know, again. What threw me was the fact that you saw him for the first time without a mask on. And yeah. You get kind of a good shot of his face in that thing. And I was like, so where is that? And then I was thinking, where is he going to get the mask from? Is it going to be from one of the people that he kills? And again, I was kind of shocked that it was her face because... You don't really think it. You don't really think it's a woman's face that he's wearing in the no. promotional material. But like, yeah, it just. Have you, ever, have you guys ever seen the movie Tusk? Yeah, yeah. I thought he looked a bit like the Walrus Man. Yeah, Tusk. yeah, definitely. Yeah, he <laughs> had a bit, similar yeah. look. Because we were even questioned how that you were questioned how he kept how it, it even stayed on his on. face. Because even in the because I didn't in the couldn't quite work out how that like because no. he didn't take a whole because you could see the back of a scalp when you when you yeah. saw later on yeah. Sally Hardesty goes into the the sunflowers yeah. and she sees which I did like that bit which was the the woman with her face gone yeah, which like was that. kind of a link to the first shot in the original Texas Chainsaw when you see yeah. the kind of weird like the way he's displayed the bodies in a kind of a kind of Hannibal esque kind yeah. of way but um but yeah that kind of cool kind of shot like but then how is the front of the face? I, I I thought I saw him stretch the skin to the top of his head a bit, but I was still confused as to how. No, because in the other, in, even in the in the remake, you know when he kill he kills the boyfriend and then takes his face. He even then he makes you know he puts he threads string through it and stuff like that to the so back to make it fit it. and stuff. And that, he's a sewing machine, isn't he? He's a sewing machine. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's like, literally like he's a sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, he's a daft hand. Whereas yeah. I, don't, I don't know what he used in the middle of that field to something go to make it stick into the back of his head. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't overly keen on his look. I mean, I, it's weird, but there was there was kind of a point where I got into the film, and I think it was when he actually got the chainsaw out. You know, when he when he got it from behind the wall, I think that is the point where I was like, actually, I'm I'm kind of into the film now. And it start, you know, it shifted from being during the day, and it started to get raining. The pace like yeah. from from once we get to Dante's death, the pace properly picks up. Like that's when we get the main, because again, because it's such, it's not a long film. That means yeah. that then we're basically on just a home stretch of constant Leatherface just hunting and killing, basically, uh, all of these different. Uh, characters. Uh, I feel like actually Dante. We haven't actually said Dante is the uh, the the part of the partner with uh, what's Mel- Melody. Melody. They're the two main characters. The 
the gentrifuckers, which the gentrifuckers. that did make me laugh. <laughs> well, the best thing was on. So I, um, I, I don't know why, but I watch everything with subtitles on. I just do. I find like I pick up more, and it's just a, it's just a habit I got into. Um, everybody, every character had a name apart from Dante's girlfriend, who was oh, yeah. just called on the subtitles Dante's partner, and it got me thinking: Did we hear her name in it? Because she died, no. she was the first to die, wasn't she? I don't know if the, it's the fake Samara Weaven-looking woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah she doesn't like... have a name in the film, but on the IMDb credits, she's credited as Ruth. Because oh, I yeah. thought the same thing. I was like, "Does she have a name?" But then she's not really in the film long no. enough. <laughs> she's not long enough to learn it. <laughs> no, because I, rem- I remember him like introducing her as his um, fiance in the scene. Oh, but I again, I don't know if she said that they ever say her name. It was a cut scene, obviously. Yeah, maybe it <laughs> when was. she was in there. Because, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we get to know, again, like, as I mentioned to you, and I think this might have been when we had a connections problem, but I mentioned that about how I feel like they almost wanted these characters, some of these characters to just be dislike, unlikable. Like, they literally yeah. looked at things in the world right now and went, right, what's the worst personality trait some people could have right now in the world? <laughs> and just went, right, these are our characters. Because... Again, they do kind of make them like, especially Dante and Melody. They they give them a storyline that is kind of again. They kind of make them the bad guys. Melody gets a chance, I guess, to kind of come back around a little bit. Yeah, Dante is definitely portrayed as like a bad guy almost because of what he does, not intentionally, but he definitely doesn't come off well in this no, film. He doesn't. I think it's his like he. So I mean, it's his lack of remorse. I think over anything. It's like. You don't belong here. We need you out. Like, we didn't kill her. We didn't do this. Like, he doesn't... It's his lack of accountability, whereas at least Melody kind of has some sort of guilt or remorse for the things that they go through, whereas he just is a big man swinging his dick around thinking that he's, like, the king. And then he just, like, Leatherface just fucks him up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I find the interaction that he has... So there's an interaction that he has with, I think it's Richter, the the guy who runs yeah. the auto shop, when he's like, when, they, when he takes the keys for the bus and he takes the keys for the Tesla, and you kind of think that he's going to do something and then he doesn't and he just backs down. Yeah. And you're just like, like, what, what are you, like, what is your character's purpose? Like, yeah. and then when you see Leatherface go after him, you're like, oh no, he's, he's, he's brown bread. Like he's, 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 yeah. gone. <laughs> he's gone, man. That, that brings me to actually Richter. Richter's a character I actually really liked. I thought that he, because they kind of, at first they acted as if he was going to be like the, either possibly like a, again, he could have been a contender if there were going to be any family members. Yeah. I was at first question, is he going to be a family member? Um, but then obviously at first they kind of, Bill him as like, here's another dumb redneck with a gun. Um but then he actually gets some chances to actually develop it a little bit. Weirdly, the scene with him and Lila and the gun, uh, at first you think this is going to, oh, this is going to be a stupid scene, but it, he actually shows a bit more to him. And that scene when he takes the keys again, I feel like, yeah, that's, I was there like, yeah, fucking take the key. They're fucking, like, I get, I get that that was weirdly a good reason for them not to have a reason to drive out, but I actually agreed with it because I was like, yeah. If they can't prove, I get why he's doing it. Like, yeah. I was completely on board with him. I was sad when Richter was one to get off. But it also annoyed me the first time. This is what, at first, Melody, again, I couldn't quite get a note on her for a good while because at first she's 
her and Dante both very early in the film get two scenes where they're so judgmental straight away. Mm. So she judges yeah. him straight away as the dumb redneck. But the stuff she says to him is just like, like you're just trying to pick a fight for no reason. So at first you think that Melody's going to be that kind of character. She's going to be maybe the sarky bitch or she's going to be the, you know, full of herself. But then when the old woman happens, she's very quick to be yeah. remorseful. But Dante with the policeman in the car, which, yeah, I get that one. That one has got a bit more reasoning behind it. I understand that part. But even when the cop's nice, he still continues to act like he's... The cop actually turns out to be fine. And they're quite like, oh, yeah, like they weren't any reason behind it. But he still kind of has that kind of... Yeah, well, he was a prick, wasn't he? Like, I don't know. I think I'd warm to Melanie's character by the end of the film. By the end. I kind of thought she she was a decent enough final girl you know i don't think she was particular she didn't stand out loads but yeah i think she had some decent scenes in it. Yeah. i know when i saw the first p- picture she was on the first picture they released yeah. in the film and i originally thought that she was going to be one of the first ones offed because i looked at her hair and was like your hair looks perfect for leatherface's original mask like he could make a mask <laughs> yeah. out of your face and your hair because he has that kind of puffy kind of <laughs> curls in the yeah. original <laughs> So I was just like, your face, I think you're going to be his mask. You're going to be the mask. I was wrong. But <laughs> still, uh, yeah. So um, so back to Dante's, uh, we go, we'll go with Dante's death. We'll go in our yeah. order of our death. So Dante's with. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, I think it was kind of the way in which it had been shot was kind of cool with the door swinging open and you see the kind of scuffle. But there did seem to be a lot of things where, like you should have died, him and and Sally's death. Like he got his throat slit and he would, and he was bleeding out. And then he gets up and he walks on a bit more. Or he, I, it looked yeah. like he got his throat slit, but was it his, I, guess, I thought it was his face. It yeah, his it was face. his face, but it looked mouth, at first right, like, open like that. At first, but I couldn't tell if it was a double hitter or not. I could, yeah, I was trying to yeah. work out. There's no way with the amount of blood that pisses out of him when he gets hit that he should have been able to like have that extended scene. But I think the reason why he has the extended scene is because that's when Richter does his face turn and he's yeah. like, I must avenge this, this poor boy that I've never <laughs> Yeah, this poor boy I was beefing with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess he doesn't, he doesn't get very far, does he? He, he? he dies not too long after he gets outside. But he yeah. I mean... Like even he's like, think... his hand and he's like, "Oh, don't yeah. go, don't yeah. go, don't go." It's like, yeah. you're my I, brother. I get, yeah, <laughs> it, it looks better for Richter's character than it does for Dante's. By that point, you're just like, yeah, just just move on. Yeah, just die. <laughs> just go and get, just you get out, get everyone out of here. Well, <laughs> leave yeah. Richter, leave. I don't, I only like you. Leave. <laughs> everyone Rick, else, stay. Richter's death was good, man. I, I really liked that one. I thought, you know, I thought it was quite cool how. Leatherface went behind the door, and I was expecting, like, is it are we going to get you know, chainsaw in the back or just hammer to the head, maybe? And then we had a little bit of a subversion to that when she moved the mirror, and we just saw him, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then when his leg got fucking yeah, that bit was, oh, yeah, that that, that definitely was, gave that me a bit of a nasty. wince, <laughs> yeah, that was nasty, yeah, um, him fight, yeah, he was a he put up a good fight to be fair. Uh, I think, again, th- that is another one where I don't feel like... I, the whole thing with uh, Leatherface in the original, though, is the the element of surprise. And, yeah. Because I don't feel like the Leatherface of the original... Outside of maybe the girl, but I don't feel like if he if the original Leatherface had gone up against someone like Richter, 
I don't think the original Leatherface would have got out of it, to be honest. I no, yeah, see, he's not like really, you don't get any one to one kind of fights, but in this one, again, though, he's a bit more, he looks a bit more muscular physique, whereas Gunnar Hansen looks more a bit more the round physique. Plumber. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a bit more of a, a homely a husky boy. A husky boy. A a yes. rotund man, <laughs> a chubby funster. Yes, which which I like. I like about them. But yeah, we get Richter. They fight, and then he gets the he gets pushed. His neck gets pushed against the glass, and he's bleeding out. But then it gets properly brutal. Yeah, that last bit is pro. At first, I thought he was going to give Melody away because he was kind of reaching out, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. But then I I expected to see the the first hit. I was like, yes, like like I like that was it was a cool shot. But I didn't expect to keep seeing it again no, and again. Right. No, he basically splits his head open like an Easter egg. Like his head is like there is a hollow spot yeah. in <laughs> where he's like bashed his brains in. And I'm like, did this guy fuck your adopted mum? Like, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> he is like beating the shit out of him for no reason. Yeah, like, that's surely... the most brutal death in the film, I think, outside sh- of the, the bus seat. And surely Richter and Leatherface must have known each other. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of like can I ask this again this is actually uh, just popped into my head again this is another uh, lack of continuity with the original by the way because in the original he doesn't waste anyone's face <laughs> he doesn't waste anyone's body he keeps them he refrigerates them he puts them on hooks because he wants all that shit but, but we, in this one like what's wrong with Rex's face <laughs> well, where's the cannibalism man he could have made head cheese I know you know yeah, I mean he could have at least had a little a little nibble yeah even a little nibble <laughs> on the brains that were there or something yeah and I think that and that is for me like one of the one of the things where it it unfortunately fell into a bit more standard slasher territory you know in the remake and the beginning you have sheriff hoyt who's a you know who's an incredible incredible bad guy by arlie emery arlie emery yeah he's awesome and he's he's played extremely well but you have these you know family characters and you have all of this kind of they have they bring a hateability it it builds the world as well around you because you know a lot of characters and you start to hate a lot of characters around you but leatherface was always the he was always the butcher he was always the muscle he wasn't the brains behind the operation you know he was very much getting you know getting meat whereas with this it's like it feels like he's going on a rampage but like we said, the original character wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know? It's the it's the mother dead part that's meant to, I think meant to be the whole he's just out for revenge, so he's on a proper bloodlust this kind of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't feel that that's the best story to tell when again you're meant to be like a, a legacy continuation, then I'm not sure that that's the best for us to be like mourning the death of someone who we never knew previously. Yeah. And it's a bit, you know, yeah. a bit redundant, I think. Um all I, all I keep thinking of, I keep just thinking, I know we get, obviously, uh, the bus scene, I think, is that, like, this is both the scene that I've seen people loving and hating. Hating the characters and the dialogue in this scene, loving the deaths in this scene. <laughs> I don't know if you've got any favourite parts of deaths that you see. There are so many just quick shots of deaths. I don't know any of you picked. Or your favourite picked up deaths in that scene? I don't know, there was just a lot that happened. You know, what about you, Simon? So the party bus massacre scene to me feels like this is the scene that most modern slasher movies are based around. 
So I equate this scene in this film, I, I don't know how big a wrestling fans you guys are, but like when you build a wrestling match, so you build a ladder match, you build to a, a big spot that everybody yeah. remembers. Yeah. Yeah. You don't remember the rest of the movie, you remember the, the big spot. Yeah. And this is the film's big spot. Um, to me, it like I, I have issues with it, but not the issues that I think everybody else has. I think the characters in 2021 or 2022 act exactly how they would act in that situation. And I think the dialogue is perfectly acceptable because if you're on a neon lit party bus with a fucking cell phone out, like you are going <laughs> to act like a prick. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, my issue again is with Leatherface himself because Leatherface in 1974 and because so many of these movies are set in the past, he's one of those characters that when you put in a modern setting, it always feels odd. Like he 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 never feels like he should be walking around in 2021, like yeah, at no. all. Um, so to me, that was kind of the odd thing of like seeing him in this scenario with these influencers on this bus and then acting exactly how he would. With that said, this scene is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, like there is one shot in this movie because I literally didn't I purposely didn't have any breakfast this morning because I knew I was going to watch this movie and I was like yeah. I don't know how bad it's going to get but I'll eat afterwards and there's a scene where the woman's trying to escape out the window and yes. he like chops her in half and oh, the entrails yeah. fall out of the window yeah and to me, that was oh, just spot that on was beautiful I would say either that death on the minibus or when the guy had turned around and he just chainsawed through him you know, there was so yeah. is that, cool. the one that's the one that fell down next to Lila as she's like trying to escape on the floor and he's yeah. like dead eyed looking at her yeah. kind of thing, like while he's like shaking a little bit. I liked the one when he took the uh, one guy in the back and then sent her into the yeah. uh, again. I completely don't feel at all that this is to me though. This totally doesn't feel like Leatherface to me. Yeah. I gotta be honest, this doesn't feel Leatherface is is uh, introvert. He is he is in he's hiding away. He's not approaching an entire crowd just to kill an entire crowd yeah. michael would walk onto the bus yeah jason would walk definitely jason would have slaughtered them well yeah, jason long ago him. but uh I, I just as you said about leatherface not quite matching this kind of modern day like it, he just it felt both weird that he was in there and i loved it i loved the chainsaw but again like even like the chainsaw like he didn't actually use the chainsaw that much like in the original film no, but like he did I, a lot more of different things, but here it's just like slaughter the whole room up. Kind I of quite thing. like that. Though, I think because I think it, it, that's the the problem is because it's like it's the you know to to go back to the wrestling analogy. It's kind of it's a big thing. And once you kind of use it, you either have to continue to use it or it's you're not going to be able to top it really. I mean, know? yeah, the film builds to this chainsaw. Yeah. There's a whole moment scene of, oh, I've collected my chainsaw out of the wall. We even hear him go off to fix it for a minute. Like yeah. You hear him with the nuts and butter. You hear the wrench kind yeah. of going and like that he's but, obviously fixing it up. But I like that he didn't just use it to kill people. I like when he was just chucking it at people as well. That was really cool to me. And there was this, there, there were some really weird moments for it. Like when um, Melanie is sneaking out of the house 
and she jumps down and then Leatherface is there. And he, I don't know if he threw a sledgehammer at her and she went into the floorboards, you know. I was like, what the fuck? That was written. That... He used his like throw attack. What you, know? you mentioned earlier about him deflecting a bullet with his chainsaw, that seems like right there with deflecting a bullet, like it seems absolutely completely differently. Throwing a throwing a hammer into someone so hard that they fry down the stairs into the floorboards. Yeah. That's 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 cartoonish. Yeah. <laughs> Also throws the chainsaw as well when they're in the car. Like he lobs it at the window. Yeah, I love runs that. Off, like pimps off into nowhere. It's like, what are you doing? I love it's that like, though. It was so weird. This is what I mean. Know? This is why it's. This is like a next level. This is why we keep saying about the remake because it is. It's like if you took the remake and then went crazier than the remake. Yeah. Because in the remake, he slices people in half and you see them get like up. He hooks them to the, yeah. he slices the guy in half in the middle of the room. So I can completely believe that that lever face goes onto a bus and slices a bunch of people in half, you know, any which way. I just don't believe that the original did anything like no. this. I just don't believe this is a uh, the original's film at all. And I think... I- you, sorry to cut in, man. But... No, I was just gonna. I, I was gonna move on to so you talk well, before I was. Gonna... <laughs> no, I think Simon. I think you raised a good point, Simon, because seeing because it's this idea of Leatherface in the in modern day and that whole bus scene and stuff like that with the influencers and then filming it on Instagram Live or whatever. And whilst I was watching that, I was thinking the way in which you because Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the fear comes from. Fear of the unknown, the batshit crazy, and the isolation. The fact yeah. that, you know, this is happening and you're kind of powerless to it. I thought it sh- if they want to do further sequels or further films in this, they shouldn't set them modern day. They should set them in the 70s and 80s when people didn't have mobiles and it wasn't so easy to, to be like, you know, calling for help. Like, like yeah. Scream is, is an example of a film that is modern and is contemporary you know and each film features technology of the time whereas yeah. something about texas chase of Alaska makes me think if they'd have set this film in 1980 yeah you okay. know six years after and he similar to how they did texas chase of Alaska 2 where the family had just been on the run and had just settled down somewhere um and were going under different identities it could have worked you know yeah, or even just hiding out like this. Just but, hiding out. Like, yeah. Another town. No, yeah, no, I completely think that that would have made a lot more... Th- this is the problem with them trying to take the, the template of a completely different horror movie and trying to transplant it onto Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's a character... Uh, with Michael Myers, This it, it, it made sense with Let's Laurie Strode being one... older. Oh. I think there, there is was... one no, idea that I would <laughs> take from Halloween... 2018 and i would apply it to leatherface if you took leatherface as he is at the end of the first movie and have him taken into custody by the state change the location completely put him into some kind of care facility and have people trying to interview him find out things about him and you could have that as kind of like a you know those netflix documentaries of making a murderer what makes the man you, you take Leatherface and you put him in that scenario and then you have him surrounded by other patients. He's killing people in a facility. I think that's kind of, he needs, I, I've always felt like Leatherface needed a change of location, but I just never really knew what location change he needed. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think transplanting him into a modern day, but set in a town that still looks like the original, it's very jarring because you've got 
a desolate Texas town that resembles the original movie. But then you've got people, as you say, on Instagram live streaming on a party bus, yeah. things like that. I mean, yeah. there's no fucking way they're getting cell phone reception out there for a start. Like, yeah. you're not fucking 5G live streaming in Harlow, bro. Like, honestly, like, what's yeah. going on? But how, one thing I will say, though, when you rewatch the movie, if you rewatch it over the weekend or whenever you rewatch it, when the guy, when they zoom in on the guy's phone screen, all of the people that are commenting are like the director, the production company, all of the usernames are like people related to the film, oh, which I think oh. is quite cool. Yeah. It's a nice I, little Easter egg. I there was the one you noticed with. Uh, you probably noticed this one as well, but I feel like a lot because uh, I, I, a lot of people would have uh, missed it. I was looking down at the time, but I feel like people would have missed Leatherface in the chair. Yeah, the first time you see him isn't on the stairs; it's when he sat on a chair when Dante walks into the room. He's just sit. He's just sat there quietly. And then, and the like, I know, but I know a lot of people would have. I feel like a lot of people would have missed that shot. But it was yeah. such a cool because he just blends in. He's just sat there like so quietly when you first see him that he blends in while Dante's at the back of the room. I just like the way that his clothing and everything, he just, you could easily just miss that there's a man just sat there in the chair because you're focused on yeah. Dante at the back of the room. Um, and, but the, my thing is, like, despite, because we are, you know, we're saying a lot of kind of criticisms of the film. Despite that, I still found myself kind of having fun with this film. Like, it's, I would still say it's a fun film. I think... I think the short runtime kind of works in its favor because it doesn't, it don't, I, it, for me, it didn't feel like it outstayed its welcome. You know, sometimes you watch a film and you think this should be like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, we, we, like we could have got tight. those extra 20 minutes and actually, and absolutely just found that, yeah, we continue to just dislike Sally or we continue to dislike some <laughs> of these characters. Yeah. Which would have been even worse could be like, oh, it's, it's not even pacey anymore. It's just, it feels like, if they did do a lot of cutting on this film, then it feels like they've definitely cut it down to just make it pacier with the kills, to just yeah, kind yeah. of speed it up to the death. And as a film like that, then if you just want, if you want to slash a film that's like gory and like like that, then this is this is perfect kind yeah. of thing. That's that's why I think there's the split here between if you just want a good gory slasher film to watch this weekend or watch new a new film like that, yeah, this is perfect. Uh, it, this is the line we've kind of got where I think our negative criticism is more come when we're thinking of it as that continuation, as a continuation yeah. the legacy, then this film, I really don't think, I think barely works as that film that they've sold it as. But if we just sold this as another sequel in the Texas Chainsaw, then it's better than some of the other sequels. That's what I can say about that. <laughs> I'll be very interested when the year ends to see where it falls in terms of the other big horror franchises that are being released this year. Yeah. So we've got yeah. Scream, this, Halloween ends. We've got a new Predator movie, new yeah. Hellraiser movie, and a new Evil Dead movie all coming out at oh. some point this year. Yeah, we have. So that. I'd be very interested to see how it stacks up against the rest of them because it's come out so early in the year. We've still got so far to go. I think... By the by, the summertime, this will be a movie that a lot of people have forgotten. But it it's because horror at the moment is in such a good place. It's not a sign of quality, but I think it doesn't do enough to stand out in the ways that, say, Halloween did or Scream did. Or yeah. I think the fact that they're completely reinventing Hellraiser and The Evil Dead. I think I'm expecting something wildly different from both of those movies. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's it. 
sadly will kind of just get lost in the shuffle for what is essentially just a fun slasher movie. Like you could put this movie on on a Saturday afternoon and just kill 80 minutes. You could put it on like while getting ready to go out for a night out and just have yeah. it on in the background. Absolutely. And perfectly fine. Yeah. But no, it, it you're right. There's no there is no originality to this film. There's there's nothing I can say that's not original, that's not been stolen from trying to recreate a better film or yeah, recreate no. another film. Like it, it's a fun film and people will be disappointed if they were coming into this expecting like i gotta be honest a little part of me was hoping really i i knew it went away as soon as i started to see the trailers and stuff i kind of oh that's really not what we're gonna see i kind of wanted to see more of a psychological kind of a slower psychological kind of that gritty grimy of the original because they said it was a continuation so when they first announced it that's what i expected to see i expected to see a psychological kind of thriller more than a slasher gore kind of film. So I definitely haven't gotten what I hoped out of this film because I was hoping more of a back to its roots instead of just more of the same. So the, the question I have for you guys, because I don't know how you guys feel about Fede Alvarez in general. I don't know if you've seen his Evil Dead or Don't Breathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you guys think the movie would have benefited from him directing it as well as writing it? Do you think it would have been yeah. a better movie had the studio given him more money and put him fully behind it. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think, because I think what he did with Evil Dead, I think he he recreated that in the in a perfect way. You could yeah. not do that film the same. If they'd went into it with the humorous style of the original Evil Dead, that film would have fallen flat. There's no way to recreate it. It was like lightning in a bottle for the first... Obviously, they've created it again with the second <laughs> one, technically, but it was the same cast, same thing, and they were kind of up in the value. But... If they'd tried to do it that way, it would have failed. The fact they went with a more gritty kind of black comedy style with the Evil Dead kind of, I just thought was perfect. Yeah, I mean that's still one of the I showed I, I showed that that's one of the films I did show to Charlotte. She was literally like <laughs> sickened by it. But it's awesome. <laughs> and I remember when we watched uh, we watched Don't Breathe oh we did with cinema. Charlotte in the cinema yeah Inside with Charlotte and it was it it had a lot it had atmosphere and it had tense moments it was there was you know i, I haven't watched it that's since more of what i would have preferred to see and don't that, breathe yeah. would have worked as a better template for a texas chainsaw massacre film yeah then say what i think they've used as their template for a texas this time well yeah I that mean, kind of character who's been lost for a long time is kind of in a house they don't really get what it is they're trying to that would have almost worked better in, in a slightly different way obviously but that again would have worked better than I think what's the way they've approached it this time. No, I'm with you. So I think if if Fide had been more involved in it, I think we would we would have had a stronger film. I think. Um, I don't. I I don't know what else this the guy who um, I can't remember his name Ryan. I want to say Ryan Garcia, but that's a boxer. It's not. A... You mean uh, oh David Blue it's Garcia? David, David Blue, Blue Garcia. Garcia. That's yeah. I don't know what else he's done. Um, I think it, I think he'd only done so. Even the directors, the original directors, they'd both been they're both directors who haven't done like a lot. They've done like very smaller indie kind of specific stuff. Uh, I'm surprised when they fired the first director, they didn't try to hand Betty more money to go. Can you just do this? You know the story. You've yeah. written the story. Can you, you know, because there was obviously a bit more meat to the bones that they've decided to cut away, but. I'm just I, I am surprised because yeah, I, I, I think I think what we've seen as him as a director so far is great stuff. 
I mean, how how intimate an enjoy? I remember us leaving. Don't breathe. How sickened were you by the uh, the bass? <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck. <laughs> Damn, remember, so. I think I heard. It's one of the few times I think I've heard a whole cinema kind of gag. <laughs> yeah, at one yeah. point I was literally like, okay, is this guy? Because I think they did like a little face turn in that where like, okay, maybe the guy's a good guy. Then I'm like, oh, actually, what the fuck? <laughs> And I was literally like grossed out and thinking, fucking hell, it was awesome. Yeah. And I think if they'd have gone, they could have literally done a similar approach where because that because that idea is they break into the into the, his house and you could have had it something similar where you know people are somehow it's similar to the first one where they just wander into his property. Well, it is that's what the original was. It was a trespassing film, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, basically, the only reason it goes after them is because they trespass on his trespass. property. He's not hunting for people. He's you're on my property. And if they had a similar like home, layout, twisted home alone, twisted home alone. <laughs> but instead, um, in, when they go into the basement, instead of finding you know what they find in Don't Breathe, they found you know his. You know, Leatherface's cannibalistic lens, his skins, <laughs> you know, the bodies yeah. hung up. I think it would have worked better. Yeah. I think this is where we're at, though. We're at woulda, coulda. <laughs> woulda, coulda. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, what we, I don't think what we got is bad. I, I you know, the, for me, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films become kind of the rainy day films you know i can i can yeah. stick them on and yeah. i can have comfort in them and i know i'm gonna get but it, it's i do feel the texas chainsaw massacre as a franchise compared to say the halloween or even jason in its yeah. heyday or things like that is much more forgotten about as in i don't know many people who've actually seen this franchise outside of maybe no. seeing the original or the remake i yeah. don't know if people have ever seen them and i it, they haven't been the hits that some of the other ones were pure and i do think it's this was their this was their hope to reinvent the franchise and it's kind of sad that they haven't i do think this is very similar to the remake or beginning or 3d this is a very similar kind of film yeah. they haven't done anything different except maybe you know they've made less slutty looking characters less teens that want to have sex <laughs> yeah they instead of want to have sex they now, want to gentrify they? a neighborhood but apart from that you know <laughs> that that's pretty much the main change and they've they've still given them that little social commentary leaders character but all of these things they don't make it they seem to think that by adding her being a gunshot victim and by adding this gentrification kind of plot line and adding even some scenes adding modern technology ideas that it seems to make it more interesting but it really doesn't yeah it, it doesn't add anything to the film like cat like something to do with the character could have had more as we've said about seed changing the location all those kind of things they could have made it more differently and i think it's a good time to go back to sally hardesty as we've already said the lack of interest in her and i just want to mention about her death because her whole lead up to the death <clears throat> she locks melody and leela in her car in a kind of, I want to lure the, him to my trap. Because she says, which is again, again, even that idea feels underdeveloped. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of feels like she doesn't wait for him to go anywhere near or find them. It, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a strange one because she ends up just walking up to him anyway. So what's the, why are you trying to lure him to a trap and walk into the house? <laughs> my trap that I come to you for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she would have done better if she'd waited to buy the car and then shot him from a distance. But no, yeah. I'm going to walk into the house, into a room while he's sat sniffing his mum's <laughs> And then his, and then Sally's death is like, Sally's death was yeah. cool. 
because you know we have to see where Leatherface runs out, and I like that they had a little bit of a clash. I think it's it's a wise choice they got rid of him deflecting the bullet. Um, that's very wise. But then when he kind of you know gutted her and held her up, that was really cool, and chucked her into the into the trash. That was awesome. But then she stayed alive for about ten minutes after having all her internal organs shredded. Yeah, that she was that was the thing I did point out. So I was like, how the fuck is she? Why is she yeah. handling the gun? How the fuck is she still alive? Also, <laughs> am I right in saying that there is another death that is exactly the same as that, either in 3D or the remake? Somebody yeah. else gets in the beginning the cup and held up in the beginning. Yeah, it's an like, awesome it death. Very familiar. It's an awesome yeah. death. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's a bit of a. But again. If you are someone who, for some reason, has grown a love of this character and things like that, it's a proper slap in the face, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. were someone who likes this character. I mean, I love Leatherface. We, we said earlier about yeah. the whole, you know, if they did this to Sydney or Laurie, but it was in spoiler-free territory. But seriously, like, if if this had happened to Laurie in 2018, oh, we would have been like, what off. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, that is so not a dignified, and it's brutal, it, you know... I mean, I guess in my head, brutal. I guess, like, say, um, you know, uh, Dewey in the new Scream, he gets a pretty brutal kind of, like, more brutal than I expected to happen yeah. for him, his character. I expected him to die, but not quite as brutally as it got uh, the blood in the... But but that, at least, it was it was dealt with some kind of, like, love of the character before we got to that point. Yeah. And the but, thing is, we've spent... 25 years with David Arquette as doing yeah. loving that character seeing that character yeah and the thing is like it's not just the fact that we've not had Sally Hardesty in other films it's the fact that it's also not Marilyn Burns we don't have as an audience an emotional connection to that yeah. actress yeah so her death to me I I personally and I'm probably going to get crucified for saying this I found Melody's death at the end of the film when she had her head cut off to be more upsetting than yeah. Sally's yeah. death. Yeah, no. it was so unexpected and so brutal. And I've spent this whole movie watching this character's arc and yeah. her vowing to protect her sister. And then her sister's left all alone watching her sister be murdered. And I kind of, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect it. And like I said, I didn't like... I did, I, no, I that was like a, that was a shot. That was the one of the. I think that was one of the few bits in this film that actually I I didn't find, I didn't expect. Yeah, I think the rest of it you could all see fairly clearly coming. I think this one I didn't see coming, and it was also very effective. I liked the throwback to the original. Yeah, even if it's in the weird autopilot car driving her away. <laughs> yeah, that was weird because I was like, you could. I was still sat there like I, I didn't actually I just didn't realize that they actually could fully do it in that exact way. I thought you still had to have some kind of control. But well, um, there was a moment technology. where I thought something might happen, but they left it a little bit too long. So I let my guard down. And that's when they decided to put the sunroof down. I was thinking oh, he thought he was gonna come through the sunroof. I thought he was gonna come through the sunroof or yeah. He, no, would, yeah. he would then saw her head and I was like <laughs> whatever you do don't do that yeah and then it went a few seconds and I was like oh, I was gonna okay, say I preferred right. the, the swinging I was really hoping he wasn't like swinging to build up strength to throw <laughs> yeah. that at her that would not have been a good ending Shot puts you know 3D <laughs> kind of the saw yeah. in your face kind of thing no that was really what I wasn't hoping it was gonna happen and it didn't happen which is good because I thought that was an effective part of the ending but yeah, it, it's definitely that was definitely much more effective than than Sally, who, to be honest, I didn't even I didn't honestly. Well, I, I 
there wasn't enough for me to feel anything for her no, really. really. I, no. I did. I even might have disliked her a little bit. I disliked that she shut Melody and that in the car actually. And I, I disliked. There's a bit when she comes out of that building and she's like cackling and laughing, and it just seems so. It, it felt weird. I, I didn't quite like the performance at that point because it, it felt it felt like odd, like she's kind of cackling and laughing, trying to get his attention, and then she starts shooting, and it, yeah. and then it, it's seconds before then she's dead, basically. And it's like, okay, there you go. That was, that was, yeah. you know, that was whatever your time, your screen time was probably only about a couple of minutes anyway. But you know, I, they could have been used better for other people. <laughs> yeah, am I right in saying as well that Leatherface is the only? slasher character that has survived every film he's been in. I think not supernatural. I mean because he... he always seems to live in these movies, no matter what they do to him. I find it remarkable that someone who is just a man yeah. has survived all these movies. I think he dies in Leatherface 2. In I'm sure because they, they they not Leatherface 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Because no, he's, he's left Hopper. on the cliff, isn't he? Or is he pushed down the cliff? I don't know. I, no, that's um, I'm sure Chop, <laughs> Chop, Chop Top is the one who's on the roof. I'm sure he blows up when fighting Dennis Hopper. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't remember him dying. I, I thought he was left on top of the mountain. That he's the only one kind of there. He's left swinging. Obviously. That's what I remember. Because I remember watching the second one and the place they're in blows up. And then in the third one, it's now a completely different family, and Leatherface is there. And I'm like, I thought you blew up. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, what's going on here? I'm, I'm going to check. I, I mean, I'm that sure. wouldn't be out of the realm of like, you know, we've talked a lot about like how, oh, you're bleeding out so much. Why aren't you dead? And, but let's not act like that's not a common thing in a horror films that someone bleeds out or gets stabbed or, just to just to actually that that was one major thing I had with with uh, actually recent with Scream Five was the fact that she gets so many characters got like stabbed in the gut or stabbed in the thing and it was just yeah. like it was just like okay so you're fine now are you you're okay you're just walking don't, around don't, that, <laughs> that scene with Chad don't even get me started oh yeah oh god yeah yeah see that <sighs> was an artery on, that was an artery in your leg <laughs> yeah that would have killed Ed that was literally like femoral artery. Like you yeah. could bleed out in, in like seconds. But, but even the main Sam, the main character, she gets a knife in, like into her, and then it gets twisted. I'm sorry, but yeah. and Sydney, Sydney gets stabbed in Scream Four. Sydney gets stabbed around about the same place, and then she's done yeah. for the rest of the film. She's out. She's not getting she's back awesome. up in Scream Four, but in Scream Five, apparently now she's indestructible to that kind of knife. <laughs> I've been <laughs> stabbed there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been stabbed there. There's nothing to affect me. She's been stabbing herself to build up a resistance to it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, my point was yes. Like we're, we're used to this in horror films that sometimes they push the boundaries with what's possible. But I, but I'd also say at the same time, Sally's just was too far. She got in the gut through. You saw the chainsaw come out the back and he lifted her up and the chainsaw went up inside her. I'm sorry, like her guts and her heart were gone. Yeah. They were obliterated yeah. in that scene, but they needed the passing of the torch kind of take the gun, yeah. take the gun to the child who's been shot in a school <laughs> massacre. Yeah. Take the gun. <laughs> I said, did I say to you at one point, like, um, she's just got to take, like, when Sally goes and sees Leatherface and she's like, well, say my name, remember me. And then she just walk, he walks out. I was like, she's just going to turn the gun on herself and be like, oh, well, this is <laughs> for nothing. 
you know? Oh, yeah, and weirdly, if Sally had killed herself at that moment, I think that would have played more into the arc of the original than it would have, that, that, that she just couldn't get over it. So, right, I, that's it. I, like, oh, no. I, he, he doesn't even know me. I've spent my whole life. It's been wasted. Bang, I'm dead. Yeah. I actually see that as a more perfect full circle than what happens to her here. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we, we've talked about the end. We've talked about that. So I, I feel like we've pretty much, yeah, we're pretty much that. Are there any other, uh, Simon, anything else that you were like really like hankering to talk about? <laughs> the only thing I wanted to mention was, do you think the tag at the end is way too fucking optimistic? <laughs> do you, would you watch a sequel to this? Do you think there will be a sequel to this? Like, obviously it shows you him going back home. To was. Home, yeah. yeah. Like, so... Do you think there's going to be a sequel? Are you interested in a sequel? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised the house is still there, <laughs> but someone hasn't just bulldozed that already. Like, I know it's a completely deserted area, but it just, I was still surprised it was there. Consider it had been a mass murder site. I felt like someone would have got rid of it, but I guess they had built a tourist. It looked like they built a tourist yeah. kind of thing around it because they had all of the gifts in the shop and stuff. But I don't think... Um, I mean, I find it hard to believe because I'm fairly certain that Legendary have only passed it to Netflix because they expected it to be a complete failure. And these reviews don't give me much hope that it's going to be much more than that. No. But then horror films, I guess, are cheap. If Legendary owns the rights, maybe even if it's enough of a hit on Netflix, they might just say, yeah, yeah. we'll make a cheap I mean, cheap Red sequel. Notice is getting a sequel. Hmm? Red Notice is getting a sequel. Yeah, that's got, that, that's got Dwayne. That's Dwayne. The I, I haven't actually watched it, to be it, fair. It was, I, right. I was, it was one of the few. I looked at it like I wanted to, but I, I, I might. But it's an, it's one of those Netflix. It's one when they release a film and it gets a lot of hype because it's like, oh, it's got a big star in it. Yeah. But then about a week or two later, they forget about it and it just gets lost in Netflix's big universe. <laughs> so that's all and it's Netflix hard to films. ever find those films again. <laughs> they never pop up again half the time. Like a lot of their own stuff just... Like I this forget, is, yeah. I remember so many films on Netflix where I was like, "Oh, I can't wait till that's out. I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll watch it next week." Oh, and then yeah, it's just gone. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> but that's so many. But I think going back to your question, like, would I watch a sequel? Yeah, I mean, I lo- I like the franchise. I love it, so yeah. I would watch watch a sequel. I wouldn't expect great things from it. Um, but do I? I don't think it's gonna get there no, because I feel like they'll just pass it off to just another director who's just like, yeah, okay, let's just make a buy the number, let's just do it. Then you've given yeah. me like 10, 5, 10 million to make a cheap kind of what? Let's just do the same again. Then yeah, I mean, I I don't <laughs> think it's been because Leatherface was a big, as far as I'm aware, was reviewed kind of worse. Um, yeah, but I don't. Everything. I don't think anyone. If it hadn't been put onto it like Netflix, I don't think anyone would have even seen Leatherface. Like, I don't think anyone would <laughs> yeah. even or even knew it existed because a lot of people didn't even know there was such figures as a 2017 Leatherface. <laughs> I would have, I would have been the only person who watched it. <laughs> but I think that's that's where the franchise had gotten to, though. It is basically was like lost. It was like no one, a lot majority, unless you were horror fans, and sadly. <laughs> And sadly, there's not as many of us supporting these kind of films. So unless you're a big horror fan, then there's not enough of us to make a film a success. It has to reach further than that. And I think Texas Chainsaw had got to the point where it was like that. It was that lowly kind of looked upon that it's like no one yeah. was going to see it unless. And I think that's why they've tried to pull a legacy thing. But sadly, they might put a nail in the coffin. <laughs> Potentially. I do think uh, Seb accidentally uh, pitched a great uh, sequel, though. <laughs> just a minute ago because the thing is he's going to the house and you mentioned it being a tourist attraction so oh. that's that's the hook yeah, you're, gonna yeah. do a sequel, you're right 
have it set up as a tourist attraction. So have it like as a famous landmark that they've yeah. not renovated where you can come and see where these grisly murders happened. Yeah. He gets into the house and he's living in the basement. People don't know that he's there. The tourists come in. You've got the don't breathe style. They're encroaching on his yeah. house situation again. You've also got it set up as a tourist thing. There's, there's an idea there. No, well, there's, I mean, even, there's even the bit you said earlier about the whole uh, serial killer documentary. They've already shown us there's a documentary that could have, they can imply that that was a big hit. So now they're getting more and more people or maybe just someone who's just really interested in it, a small group that love yeah. it. And there well, you are. I mean, <laughs> well, you could go. There you go. go. That, if they're listening yeah. out there, I feel like that's probably a better film than the 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 what you've what we've already got. got an idea for next like that you've got an easy there that's a, that sounds like an easy horror film to make well I mean you just because you go with something like the um it doesn't have to be an official tourist place you could just say you know like you get um because me and Anna are going to Paris next month we're looking at going to the Paris catacombs so you have like the general admission area and then you have like the things where you have to get local guides and illegal <laughs> tours of it and stuff like that so you could even have it like that like this is a like a you know somebody can get you into the house where it happened <laughs> legally you people don't know you're there and you know so it's not like it's a big tour company doing it but they break in you know they go into the house thinking they're going to see this you know place where this crime happened and see stuff and they don't know that he's just moved back in and I think it starts killing. I'm kind of feeling. I feel like Simon's pitched several ideas that could have worked very well. So I yeah. feel like they need the producers need to find you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could just pitch that. Like in in like in just an hour or so, you'd probably come up with more pitches than that. They, they sound like they're stumped for ideas, to be honest. Just as many you ideas. Need to tweet you, it, you need to tweet Netflix and say, "I've got a, I've got a couple of ideas that you might want." <laughs> yeah. Netflix Could would be like anything, right? <laughs> yeah. You can have all of my pictures. You don't have to pay me. I just want to be a victim in the movie. I just oh, want Leatherface to wear my face. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would go. That with would that. be that would be amazing. Wow. Well, I mean, there I we guess. Go. Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of got to conclude the episode. That's it, it for our first crossover. It was, it was a little it was bit messy at times. It was <laughs> a I mean, few technical problems along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy, and I'm uh, glad to have had uh, you on, Simon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's before we end the show, do one more sell of the of your podcast, Simon. Before we end, <laughs> before I, I get to me, I just want to go back to a wrestling time. I want to put you guys over for a second. Okay. Um, I've been I've been listening to you guys for about a year now since you dropped your Midsummer episode, and um, yeah, it was really cool for you guys to invite me on, and I really appreciate you bringing me on. And um, I love listening to you guys and, you know, it will become evident why when people listen to this episode, it feels like when I listen to your podcast, it's just like having a chat with my mates down the pub about a movie. Like we've all gone to see a movie at the cinema, we're all having a chat over pints. And I'm not one of these people that likes listening to big film school breakdowns of movies. I just like hearing dudes talk about movies in the way that I would. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how we do our podcast as well. There's no scripts, there's no nothing. It's literally... We put the mic on, we talk about how we feel about it as we would if we were just sat at home. And that's one of the main reasons why I love listening to you guys. And um, and the, the, the thing is as well, like we're part of a very small com community on Twitter. Yeah. And I love the fact that we all support each other. You're always hyping people up. You're always like sharing people's stuff. It's not just, you know, you're sharing your own stuff. You know, you're bringing other people into the community, yeah. shedding lights on other podcasts as well. So, you know, it's really cool to, to kind of 
count you guys as like horror friends in that community. And it was really cool to be invited on this. And I want to put it on record now so I can't back out. When the Evil Dead Rises drops, uh, I think it's come to HBO Max. When it comes to Sky Cinema or however it gets released over here, you guys are coming on ours and we're going to discuss Evil <laughs> yep, Dead. We'll do it's that. going to happen. Like, Absolutely, I yes. <laughs> yeah, but we'll do that. So yeah, I was going to say, we need to, I was about to say, we need to cross over onto yours. But yeah. thank, thank you for that. It's really, that, I mean, it's amazing like how many, um, I feel like just as ours started and the Horror Project podcast and yours started and like to look, we're all kind of around the same dates that we all kind of, and this whole kind of community of podcasts. And I feel like we've got a lot more that I kind of noticed now that have all kind of like grown around, like that we've all yeah. grown kind of together and we can see how how we're doing. And I think we also learn from each other things that work and things that yeah. don't work. And as you said, ours is completely, I think we started a little bit trying to have a kind of structure and it quickly went out the window. And anyone who's listened to this podcast, especially if you normally listen to Simon's and stuff, you'll find that, yes, we are normally this kind of all over the place. Some people will absolutely hate it and some people will like it. I don't know. But we're definitely not. I'm not really into pod, like a lot of podcasts. I like I, I get bored of ones where they've got the same kind of a, a set structure that they have to follow. I just get a bit bored of them. I kind of like the fact that on our on ours and yours and some of the other uh, podcasts we listen to, they're just kind of anything could suddenly happen like suddenly they're just you're going off on a tangent for 20 minutes yeah you're talking about something completely <laughs> different but i don't mind that because it's relatable stories that you're talking about so yeah i love that <laughs> yeah that's it and when we set out you know the idea of having a podcast i think the the appeal to us did literally start where we used to go to the pub together all the time and we would just talk about films and once uh, we were talking i think we were talking about ghost shit maybe we were talking about yeah we were talking about ghost ship or we were talking about something and the, <laughs> like a barmaid just said to us are you still talking about that film <laughs> and we'd be talking about it for like half an hour 40 minutes so we were like you were yeah. like we should make a podcast and yeah at that point i'd never listened i'd never really listened to podcasts so i was like okay i'll give it a try but and now i listen to them every day on the way back from work <laughs> and all the time so i'm a proper fan now but yeah, um, yeah no it, it's it's been great and I, I do i do love it and i've start, started to get more and more excited all the time about our new like what can come next and i think the other exciting thing that we want to try at least try to get everyone i hopefully at some point we could all get to some kind of convention or yeah that means. or just set up a big meetup or so somewhere just for everyone so that includes anyone who enjoys our show and stuff like that yeah, like that'd be awesome to do that that would be amazing to do that i know like the one in uh for the love of horror and stuff yeah. like that saw a, a few people last year that were there so i don't know whether that's one but yeah it depends on what people can do but that sounded awesome yeah <laughs> so yeah um thank you and uh this has been uh, our review of texas chainsaw massacre tell us uh, your thoughts rob you normally do this bit. yeah i normally do this bit so yeah as always you can find us on twitter instagram and now on tiktok um at cmth podcast um as always if you've enjoyed the show uh hit, make sure to hit the subscribe button um and leave us a lovely review and make sure you go and check uh simon and lee out on uh so i married a horror fan podcast and we will see you next week